This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hi, this is Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my illustrious co-host, wow. Tyler Hurley. Thanks for coming. Have you ever been called illustrious before? I haven't. That's a new one. Thank yeah. you. Well, you should put it on your resume. <laughs> you know what? That's a good that's <laughs> The a good illustrious thing Tyler Hurley. Hurley. That's not bad. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we're Thanks. glad to be with you guys today. <laughs> Tyler, how's life? Uh, life is great. Things good. are good. Uh, GCU, lopes up. That's where I'm at. Lopes up. Oh, when yeah. I was in when I was in college, we did not like GCU. Really? No, because I went to Southwestern, and so it was like the uh, the other Christian school in town. You That's know? That's funny. We'd always make sense. fun of it. Do you want to hear a joke? We'd always say. Sure. We'd always say, "Hey, don't." Be, we'd say, "Let me let me rephrase it." We'd say, um, "Hey, be careful that you tell the truth because you know where liars go." And people would say, "Hell." And we'd say, no, Grand Canyon. <laughs> so that was the, that's horrible. But anyways, that's we like were nerdy ASU and that was the big now. joke. Yeah, yeah, ASU will. <laughs> they're literally the Sun Devils. What are you going to do? I know. You know? They Come said, on. well, the president of the school actually came out and made a speech statement once. And he said, we've been trying for years to get ASU to agree to a GCU-ASU basketball game. Mm-hmm. And he said, it'd be so cool, but they won't do it because they're afraid to lose to us. Because if they lose, like, it's a big deal because we're, Oh, like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because we, well, it, it, we were, I mean, like the division we're in, we're a newer team, so yeah. it would just look bad for them. GC, so, I don't, I mean, I went to GCU games last year. I went to ASU games last year. Mm-hmm. And I think ASU would still beat you guys right Oh, I now. think so too. Yeah, but they, they're pretty good. Uh, but they have a lot to lose if they end up losing. That's like, true. That's a big reputation. That but is true. the funny thing is, this is what he said, the president of the school. He's like, it would have been so great. The way we could have marketed and pitched it to everybody is we could have said, it's the Christians versus the devils. Oh, jeez. That's horrible. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah. let's let's move on. There coffee tip time. Okay, so we have these new coffee mugs that are really cool. We've yes. actually put it out on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. I hope you guys have seen them because you can get your hands on one of these mugs if you send us in a coffee tip. So y- yesterday after putting uh, the picture out on Instagram, um, man, we were flooded with tips. Yeah, there were a lot. Like, but, okay, but some people were just like pulling out stuff that was like, that's not necessarily a tip. Like, we, we want good tips, number one, but we also want tips we haven't ever said. So if you're going to yes. send us in a tip, maybe just listen to the beginning of all of our podcasts and see what the tip was, because we did have a lot of people duplicate stuff we've already mm-hmm. done. Yeah, and we usually do the coffee tip in literally the first five minutes. Yeah, so just go so, and listen to the first ones and, yeah. and see what the tip is and don't duplicate any we've already done. But we did get a lot of really great tips that we're going to be rolling out over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. It's fun. So the first, uh, not first, this is the second coffee mug we're giving away. We got a really interesting tip from Mitchell. So Mitchell, you will have a coffee mug coming your way, which is awesome. Uh, But this is the tip that Mitchell sent in to us. Mm -hmm. And this, when he sent this in, actually, Tyler, I thought that can't be true. But looking into it and researching it, he's right. Yeah. The best way to get good taste out of your coffee, are you ready for this, is to gulp it, not to sip it. (laughs) How crazy is that? It's nuts. It is. Like, okay, first of all, how hot is it when I'm gulping it? I want to be careful. But there actually is some science behind this. Uh, The University of Naples actually came out with a research research, um, project And they said that slurping, gulping your coffee affects the aroma release 
and it makes uh, it makes you uh, mm-hmm. able to have more of an aromatic intake into your taste buds. And the reason isn't because um, the coffee changes. The reason is because of how much saliva you have in your mouth. <laughs> and when you put a lot of coffee in, you can actually taste it versus when you sip it, it's mixing with your saliva and getting so you diluted. you get the full experience. Yeah. yeah. So more volume in your mouth gives you more of an actual taste of the coffee versus your saliva diluting it and changing the taste. And, and like, that's just crazy to me, too, because you got to think, like, culturally, we've taken coffee as to be, like, a drink that you sip and you take your time with. Yeah, well, and typically because it's hot, right? You don't well, of course, yeah. But, yeah, the, yeah, we do take it. It's even espresso. They, they said in this research program that espresso roasts are actually way more flavorful if you gulp them instead of sip them. But most people only sip espresso when they're drinking it straight. (laughs) So again, you might burn the back of your throat, but it'll taste better. Maybe you you let it it cool a bit first. (laughs) Yeah, maybe let it cool down. Maybe this works with, yeah, I was going to say iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. So if you want to get the best taste out of your coffee, take bigger swigs of it. And don't just sip it. Yeah. That comes to you from Mitchell. So, Mitch, thanks so much for that tip. And we'll be sending out your mug uh, soon. Yep. Congrats on the mug. Congratulations. Thanks for the tip. All right. Uh, Today's topic for the podcast is the hiddenness of God. If God is real, why doesn't he make his presence known and evident? Why doesn't he show himself to people? And I've got this objection from people before. People say that if God was real, he'd just show himself to me. And then I'd follow him and believe him. Yeah, I've heard that quite a few times too. Yeah, it's it's kind of a common objection. And so today we wanna we wanna talk a little bit about that. And we've got like three arguments against that idea, right? Mm-hmm. But before we talk about those, the assumption people are making when they say that is if God was real, he would just appear to me. And since he hasn't appeared yes. to me, he must not be real because I haven't seen him. Yes. Right? And again, logically, that's weird because there's a lot of things I haven't seen that still exist. Right? <laughs> so I'd say it's so. kind of a bad, it's kind of a, a I don't know, it's, it's kind of an immature view of I things. haven't seen Mars. I haven't seen Mars. I haven't ever seen $3 million in real life. Yeah. You know, but they, but they exist, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm taking it on the credibility of other people who've seen them or studied them or... Just like with God. Yeah, stuff so, like that. Yep. So um, <clears throat> anyway, the, fir- the first point and the first important point I think that we need to make with this idea that um, God would just show himself to us is that when we're talking about God, the, the God of the Bible has explained himself that he's not a physical entity, right? So when people say, if he just show himself to me, what are they asking? Hmm. Because he's not a physical thing. Uh, in John 4, 24... Uh, Jesus says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. God the Father does not have a physical body, right? He's not made of any kind of material at all. He's not made of matter. And so when people ask that he'd show himself to them, that's kind of a weird thing for them to say because he he can't appear um, as himself when he manifests himself as a a body or a cloud because that's not him. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a spiritual thing. He's a non-material thing. And then in um, Exodus, <clears throat> when, when um, God's giving the Ten Commandments, one of the things that he says in Exodus 24, uh, in, in Exodus 20, verse 4, 
He says, you shall not make for yourself an idol, right, of any likeness mm-hmm. of what's in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water underneath the earth. No graven images. Don't, don't make images of what I am. And the reason is because you can't because he's not any of the stuff we see. He's a spiritual being, right? So he's saying you're demeaning me by making uh, me look like the sun or the moon or a horse or a lion. That isn't who I am. So don't demean me by making me appear in a physical form. Isn't that interesting? That is. That's cool. Yeah, so when people ask for God to show himself to them, they're really asking (laughs) for something that is lesser than who he is. That's a big point. I think that's important, right? They're asking for something. They're asking for him to to show us himself in a way that he isn't, Mm -hmm. which is less than – it's lesser than who he actually is. Yeah, because God – in his true power and glory, he's he's not material. Yeah. And a material image of God, that's lessing, lessing himself. Yeah. He Well, and if you think about it, who, who made the material world? He did. Yeah. So yeah. it's his creation. So it isn't him, right? Yeah. So what they're really asking is we want you to become like the thing you made – Mm-hmm. instead of being who he actually is. It's a, it's lesser. It's a smaller view of, of him. You wouldn't be seeing him for who he is if he did that. Mm-hmm. You'd be seeing something else, a manifestation of who he is, right? So they want him to come down in a, in a physical way they can perceive. And so this is the funniest thing. When people <laughs> have said to me, if God was real, why wouldn't he just show himself to me? Sometimes I like to say, oh, that's that would be interesting. So you're wanting God to manifest himself like in a physical way and explain himself to you? Hmm, where have I heard that happening before? I don't know. Has who was the, ever done this before? Uh, yeah, is there a guy in history who claimed that he was God, who came down in the flesh? Oh, yeah, you know Jesus. What? Yeah, Jesus, Yeah, he that's did the that. guy, that's right? What, I mean, <laughs> so the very thing people are asking for is the very thing Jesus said, hi, that's what I did, right? Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, too, you got you to gotta be realistic. You got to think... Okay, well, like if people are asking for this mm-hmm. to happen to them, for them to physically see, let's say, let's say for them to physically see Jesus. Yeah. What they're asking for is that like he constantly and consistently is coming back to reveal himself to each and like to them individually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, but when he only had to do it once, that's a, that's the big deal about this. And yeah. It's like, he did it once and we have good evidence that he actually did that, right? Yeah. Like that's the key. So did God, appear physically to us and take time to explain to us that that's who it was. Yes. Yeah, he did. That's exactly what Jesus did. And do you want to go ahead and read? There's a really important passage in John 14, 6 through 11. Could you read that for us? Yeah, of course. Um, Let's see. It's uh, Jesus said to him, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. But from now on, you know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me. That I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. 
So that's huge. Yeah. Philip literally asked, yeah, just show us God. That'll be, it's it's the same argument when people say, if God was real, he'd just show himself to us, right? Mm -hmm. So Philip says, yeah, just show us the Father. That'll be enough. And what's Jesus' response to that? He says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. He's like, we are one. We're one and the same. Yeah. If If you you see see me, me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, that's me. So so (laughs) he's at least claiming, I am God manifesting myself in the physical body to show you who I am. Yeah. Right? Um, and then I love what Jesus says. Um, he, he says, trust me, right? <laughs> At the end, he says, believe me. I'm in the Father. The Father's in me. And then he says, but if you won't believe me, if you just won't take me at my word, yeah. believe because I'm doing these crazy miracles that you can't account for, right? Believe because of the works themselves. And mm. obviously, Jesus did a lot of miracles, but the ultimate miracle he did was he came back from the dead. He rose from the grave. Um, that is, if if that actually happened, which I believe it did, yeah, that is something that we should take seriously and say, okay, if a guy came back from the dead, maybe he's special. <laughs> maybe he has something to say. Maybe his message was validated by a, a higher power, right? And and he 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 has some significance to human history and to our lives. Yeah. So Jesus says, "Look at the miracles I've done." And so with all that in mind, um here's a practical way you can approach your friends with this. When somebody says to you, "If God would just show himself to me, if he just show up in my bedroom tonight and say, "I am God," I'd totally follow him." <clears throat> I would ask um okay, well what do you think about Jesus? Right, because that's what I think Jesus is. It's God showing Himself to us. <laughs> right. So you ask them, "What do you think Jesus came to do? Who do you think Jesus is? Isn't he, isn't he God showing Himself to us?" And now they may object to that, and they they may say, "No, I don't. I don't really think that. I don't think Jesus was God." And I love to ask the question. Yeah. How would you be able to know that it was God if God did come down and show Himself to you tonight in your bedroom? What would make you think that he actually was God versus maybe he's just a vision or I had some bad pizza and I'm hallucinating, right? What would he have yeah. to do? And so when I, I love Lots that. Distinction. So what do you think commonly comes up when I say, okay, what would God have to do to prove to you? If, if you showed up tonight in your room, what would he have to do to prove to you that he's God? Well, uh, I'd have to see something overwhelming. Yeah, it'd have to be something like pretty cool, right? Yeah. Like something that, okay, well, what if he microwaves some popcorn? Is that good enough? No. Why? Because that's something that happens all the time. And you can see that. Like, that's <laughs> Anybody not can do that, Anybody, right? yeah. He could just be a homeless guy who strolled into your room. <laughs> to be God, right? I am God. Yeah, <laughs> watch me microwave this popcorn. That's creepy. Um, so he'd have to do something extraordinary. Yeah. Something out of the norm. Something that only a really powerful being could do. Such as a miracle. Wow. Wow. And that's exactly (laughs) what Jesus said. If you don't just take my word that I'm God, believe me because of all the miracles I'm doing, right? Yeah. So the very thing that people are asking for is exactly what we have in Jesus. He came, he said he was God incarnate, and he didn't just say it because talk's cheap. He proved it by Mm. doing some amazing miracles, especially the resurrection, right? The resurrection is this amazing historical event in human history. It's a fact of history that's well attested by multiple independent sources. It's well attested by people who didn't really like Jesus, right, who were enemies of Jesus. Um, and and because he came back from the dead, I think he's a guy worth saying maybe what he said was true. 
because it kind of seems like his actions backed up his words. Yeah. So I think that's a that good way to do it. I, th- I think when people claim, hey, if he just show up to me, well, he did. Jesus. What do you think of Jesus? He did miracles. Let's talk about the resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. But we all know there's a problem with that. Some people might think, eh, that whole Jesus thing, I don't like that. I don't like your Jesus argument, right? But I, I still think if God would show up to me, I'd believe in who he is. What can we say to that, Tyler? How can we, how can we move people in a different direction maybe? Well, I think it's just a matter of uh, accepting in like who Jesus was and the person that he lived out like cuz mm-hmm. that's the whole that's the whole thing aspect of this it's like you if you you aren't going to be convinced of God coming in your I mean uh, like if you you're claiming that the only thing that will convince you is that God uh mm-hmm. for God to come to you in person and give you a one-on-one experience for you to believe in him like then that's just not going to it's cuz that we were just about to get into that too even that like there's cases throughout scripture where god comes down and he reveals himself to people and mm-hmm. they don't turn to him yeah there are that's the thing like yeah. they they turn away from him like, like it's not this isn't something that people will always be willing to go they won't just fall down and worship uh immediately and choose that because that's like that's just not like we've seen it. We've seen examples of this throughout scripture that like yeah, people so, don't. So when people like say the Jesus argument, like ah, I don't like that, we can say, okay, well, if God did just show up to you and just yeah, say, then would you I'm change God, your life? Follow then, me. Will that change your life? Right? And and we so would I mean. say probably not because God's appeared to many people exactly, and it didn't make them obey Him or make them love Him, right? And so what are some examples we've seen of that, like in Scripture? Like, it has, did God appear to some people um, in this way, and, and did that make them, them follow him, or did it make them not follow Yeah, so uh, we can see here in Genesis uh, 19 that God uh, told Moses to gather all the people together mm-hmm. and to r- r- basically uh, give this opportunity to where he would reveal himself to them and that he would show them who he is. Yeah, he, he, and he told Moses, bring everybody out to the mountain, right? And I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to show up. Yeah. And, Which that and, sounds, that's scary. It is, it is. <laughs> Especially uh, with the fact that, like, uh, we see Moses doing this, and, like, for, just from his encounters alone, like, you mm-hmm. see it physically changes him, which that's crazy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, basically right here in uh, Genesis 20, uh, 18 through 22, uh, it gives an account of the Israelites uh, seeing God's presence. Yeah, so God came and he spoke the Ten Commandments out loud to everybody from the mountain. Yes. And then how did they respond? Right. If, well, with fear, yeah. And so this is this is literally what happens. So it says in Genesis twenty eighteen through twenty two, all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and made the mountain, sorry, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Mm. They were afraid, basically. And so then in verse nineteen, then they said to Moses, "Speak to us yourself, and we will listen." But let not God speak to us or we will die. <laughs> so they were afraid. They were. They were really afraid. freaked out. So think about what, what's happening here. God showed up in a physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. Smoke, earthquake, trumpet they can blast, see him. lightning. He audibly speaks and it scares them. Yeah, and then it said they had to go to a distance Yeah, away. they started running back. Yeah, they were afraid of this person who showed up to them. Mm -hmm. And so they say, we can't handle it, Moses. You just go talk to him. You tell us what he says, right? Yeah, speak to us yourself and we will will listen. Yep. But God will speak to us and we will die. 
And, and did they listen to no. what Moses said God said? No. That's the interesting part to me. <laughs> so God's presence was scary, but after, after this occurs, Moses goes up on the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And they make an idol. Yeah. After they heard him say, don't make idols. Yeah, and after they were so petrified of this guy, yeah. this, of his presence of approaching them, they still decide, oh, it's going to be okay. We can just we do can what we want. We can make a cow out of gold. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what we can, yeah. Well, and that's, then, but, but even later, did they obey him and go and take the land that he told them to take? No. So God showing up to the Israelites wasn't enough to ensure their obedience or their love for him, right? Because mm-hmm. if you love him, you'll follow what he says. Yeah. So if God's after our love, just um, overwhelming us with his presence doesn't work. So when people say that, yeah, if he just show up to me, well, that, that doesn't mean you, that you'll love and follow after him. Yeah, I mean, they were freaked out just by seeing him in, in yeah. the flesh. So it, like, it was too much. So they, they chose to not follow after him. Yep. Is there, um, so, so with the Israelites, God showed up physically, mm-hmm. and it didn't ensure their allegiance or their love. Um, but there's another person in Scripture that this happened to as well, right? Mm-hmm. Solomon. Yeah. Right? God showed up to Solomon twice. Twice. Um, and he interacts with him. He talks with him. Um, but we know Solomon turned away to idols because of all of his wives, right? Yeah. That was the thing. It's, just, it's crazy because, like, uh, so for the Israelites, he appeared once, but Solomon is twice. Yeah. Solomon's it kept twice. happening, and he still disobeyed. Yeah, and he and he even, I mean, he knew God was real. He knew that God gave him wisdom when he'd yeah. asked for it, right? He saw the blessings of God in his life, but that still wasn't enough to ensure his allegiance because he turned away uh, to idols because of all of his uh, wives from different nations. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that's an important point to make with people and say, look, you think God showing up in your room tonight would convince you that he's real, and that you would follow him, but it's not. Y- mm. If you don't, if you don't love him for who he is, you're not going to follow him because he shows up to you with his presence. Well, yeah. So and so that goes into our next tactic is when people say that, I, I like to ask them, why do you believe that you would love God and follow after him just because you came to believe he exists? Because they mm. say he must not exist because I've never seen him. Okay, so if you saw him and believed he exists, would you follow him? No. There's a lot of things that I know that exist that I don't love. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, just because I believe something exists doesn't compel me to love it or to obey it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it didn't, it didn't right. for the Israelites and it didn't for Solomon. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just the case. Like, it, you, you can see that clearly that by God physically demonstrating his presence, it does not compel people to believe him. It doesn't. And so if, if he's after our love and our obedience, mm. he'd take a different tactic. Yeah, and I think that's what he did with Jesus. Yeah, he showed yeah. us how much he loves us by dying in our place. And not only that, you got to think, he did it by showing himself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. He still revealed himself to everyone. Yep. That's, that's the cool thing about this. Like, he realistically, he already answered the prayer that people he were did. asking. Well, Jesus said, right, I must be lifted up that I might draw all men to myself. Yeah. And God wants to draw people's attention. He wants to draw them to who he is. And that's who Jesus is. It's fascinating to me, to me Tyler, because even, <clears throat> even within human history, the crossroads is Jesus. We count time mm. by the guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's very <laughs> interesting. It seems like the focal point of human history is this Nazarene carpenter who claims to be God and said, if you don't believe what I say, check out my miracles— Right yeah. and and sacrificially died 
not for a crime he committed, but for our crimes. Yeah. For our for our sin and for our punishment. So, um, yeah, it just it, that is a more compelling way to to get people's allegiance when they see how much you care about them versus how powerful you are. Yeah, just of showing up in power and might didn't ensure the Israelites' obedience. Yeah, that's a, that's the that's the whole idea of yeah. this. So he just he wanted to reveal himself in a way where people would choose him without being overwhelmed. Yes, and that gets into the third point, right? The hiddenness of God. Yeah. Why is God hidden? Why does he 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 definitely gives us evidence, I mean, an overwhelming evidence to where if you look into it, it's so obvious that Jesus yeah, was God and that you should follow him and that this world was made by somebody. But at the same time, it's not um, it's not in your face. You have to accept this even if you don't like it. Like right now, Donald Trump's president, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there who do not like it. But they can't get away from the fact that he's president. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. God didn't set himself up in that same type of a category. He allows distance so that people, if they don't want him, <clears throat> um, that he, he he doesn't force his position upon them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas like tr- the presidency, everyone knows because it's obvious he, his his position is what it is. He allows them to live their lives without respecting his authority. Yeah. And yeah. he and he and he, he he yeah he allows that for sure. Yeah. Um, and and because he doesn't want to overwhelm them with his authority. Yes. I think that's the idea. So that because God values our love, he doesn't overwhelm us with his presence because he could come down here and just say everyone listen to me i'm in charge like a dictator right mm-hmm. but being a dictator does not make people love you <laughs> yeah. it actually makes people hate you right mm-hmm. so god's presence would overwhelm us right well we even see in certain passages in scripture right um in in genesis 32 30 uh um jacob says i've seen god face to face yet my life has been preserved the mm. assumption is I should have died. Like that's not something that you should be able to do and live because his presence is overwhelming, right? Uh, in Judges thirteen twenty two, Manoah said to his wife, "We will surely die, for we have seen God." <laughs> <laughs> overwhelming presence, right? Well, and then yeah. you mentioned earlier about Moses' physical appearance changing, right? Mm-hmm. So in in uh, in Exodus thirty four, you want to explain to us what happens there? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, basically, like when Moses, uh, like from being on the mountain, like talking with God all the time, mm-hmm. uh, after doing this for a while, he and when he came back down, uh, it's recorded in uh, in Exodus that Moses, when he came down from the mountain, that his face glowed. Yeah. Well, actually, not just his face. I think it was it was all of his skin. Yeah, yeah. I think the skin of his face glowed on there. On there yeah, yeah. And, and he, it said that everyone was afraid of him. Yes, and like, <laughs> and, and it was like that for the rest of his life. I think so. Yeah, it doesn't ever say it went away. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, I think that Moses' face glowed because he had been in the presence of God. Yeah. Um, that's that's overwhelming, right? That's crazy. But think about it. Even with yeah. that overwhelming influence in the Israel's life, the guy with the glowing radiation face or whatever, right? <laughs> that didn't even compel them to obey. It didn't. Right? Yeah. So overwhelming people with your presence does not um, gain people's love and allegiance. And so God hides himself from us because it is not possible to truly love someone who overwhelms you with who they are, right? Mm-hmm. You can't love somebody. You have to choose to love somebody. But when you're compelled to by their power— you don't have a choice. 
Yeah. Right? You're overwhelmed with their presence and you 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 don't choose to love them. You must love them, right? It's it's a forceful type of relationship. So mm. <clears throat> What I like to ask people is just because you know somebody exists, you know, it doesn't mean you love them. You know, a lot of people exist, uh, but that doesn't mean you love all of them. What makes you love someone? And again, it, it even kind of goes back into what we talked about last week, where love requires freedom. Mm -hmm. Love means you choose to love them. You're not forced to or overwhelmed by their presence or power or authority. And so freedom yeah. comes into it it's, again. It's better when you have free will in mind with that, that you have the choice to love that that person. Yeah, it, without choice it's not love. No. It's it's forced. Mm. Right? And so I think that that's a big aspect of God's hiddenness. He hides himself from humanity in certain ways because if he didn't everybody would admit who he is, but that wouldn't make them love him. And so he wants to make it mm. available that everyone actually has the opportunity to choose to love him. He leaves us enough evidence, but he doesn't overwhelm us with his presence. Yeah. That seems like a loving thing in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I'd say so. That's He's loving in doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great because, like, that's what exactly what you're saying. Like, like it goes into that everything we talked about last week with free will. Like, if you don't have the freedom to choose him, it's just not love. It's not. No, it's it's not. It's forced, right? It's yeah. kidnapping. It's it's a guy liking some girl and locking her in his basement. You know, that's but not love. That's it's like force. That's like if everyone was programmed to like the same exact type of ice cream. Oh, and yeah. say, hey, I love this ice cream. Mm -hmm. But that's the same type of ice cream that everyone loves. Yeah. And there's no variety to that. And you don't there's have no, a choice. And to you don't have a choice. Mind or, but then yeah. is it really that you love it or it's just that like human beings in general, that's just a preference thing that well, think everybody about it. deals Do, with. You have know, you it's ever like, heard anyone say, man, I just love the smell of air. <laughs> I, just you go. Lo I just that's love a, air. That's no, a great example. Because we all have to have it. Yeah. No <laughs> one's going to love That's it. actually a better example than what I had. Because uh, with that, there's like, there that's a practical real life example of something everybody has. Yeah. That you don't have a choice in the matter. No, you didn't choose to love it. You didn't. You have to. It's vital. Because yeah. you, otherwise you, you're overwhelmed yeah, with it. Because without die. it, you'd die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think that that's, uh, I think that's interesting. Um, and, and the other thing, mm -hmm. too, I think with God's hiddenness that's important is that any relationship you're ever in, you have to have trust mm -hmm. in that relationship, right? You have to have trust. And so God's hiddenness allows us opportunities to learn to trust him and to choose to trust him. Um, if he just overwhelmed us with his presence, right, and he just showed up and it's just I'm overwhelmed with power and fear like the Israelites were. Yeah. Um, how do I learn to trust him? Right? So I in need faith, case, yeah. which is trust. You need space in order for trust to be developed. You need space in order for freedom, in order to have a, a choice in, in, in loving God. I think, I think that that's awesome. It reminds me of a, um, a story. This, uh, Christianity is very much like the story of a king who disguises himself as a poor peasant in order to woo uh, the woman of his dreams who's just a commoner. Right? Yeah. That, that's, the, that's what Christianity is. If he showed up as the king, she wouldn't have an option. She'd have to follow him, right? Yeah, of course. It, it, it's kind of like that idea, like, you know, um, I've, heard, I've heard people who are really rich, really wealthy, mm -hmm. and they'll say, yeah, I know I can trust my wife because she loved me before I was rich. 
Yeah. Where they'd say, if I if I met the girl of my dreams after I was rich, I would never know if she actually cared about me or if she just loved my money. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's a big deal. So for trust to be there, you have to have this, this hiddenness idea. And in Christianity, we have a king who disguised himself as a peasant in order to woo us to himself, not to overwhelm us. Because if he showed up as a king... We'd all be compelled to love him because of his authority or because of his wealth or because of his power. But he would never truly know if we actually loved him, right? Yeah. But if we loved him when we thought he was a peasant, right, mm-hmm. then he could know that we'd loved him when he reveals himself as king. And so that's, that's kind of the story of Christianity. The hiddenness of God is a really beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful aspect of reality. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's awesome. Yep. And it goes back to him valuing human freedom, like we talked about last week. He dignifies us. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome to see how it all ties in that like the whole aspect of him having this hiddenness and get, is to give us the free choice to choose him. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's, it's a very it's loving pretty. approach. Not a, it's not a forceful approach. It's not a dictator's approach, right? <laughs> it's not yeah. militant. Yeah. It's peaceful and loving. And it's, it's just great that way. That's how and, that, and God intended it that way, and he knew that this was the best way to, to win us over was that by give, giving us a choice yes. to yep. do it. And you get into those passages that say things like, you know, we love because he first loved us, mm, Yeah. right? Um, and these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Yeah. And, and Jesus even says, what's the greatest, you know, when they ask him, what's the greatest commandment? Mm. Love God. With everything you are, right? Love God with your heart, with your mind, with your soul, with your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love is, is what God's after. And he couldn't, he couldn't really... Uh, we, we wouldn't have an opportunity to truly love him unless we had the choice not to. Yeah. So he, he allows the choice through his hiddenness uh, and not overwhelming us with his presence. Even Jesus. Like, think about how did he come? Did he overwhelm people with his human authority? No. What was his role again? I mean, what was his job? Well, well, the crazy thing is, as I was going to say, actually, like, you, you made me realize uh, and remember that he even, like, he even told his disciples, like, not to reveal who he was, like, mm-hmm. for the longest time. Yeah, in the Gospel of Mark, he keeps saying, uh, he, you know, he says, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. And he says, yeah, you're right. God's revealed that to you. Don't tell anybody about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, yeah, yeah, but he's even in, even in his, that way. How he came, like, like think about this the king right mm-hmm. came as a pretty poor yeah. peasant child in a really small podunk town nazareth i mean nothing they, they, they even say in the bible can anything good come out of nazareth you know it's yeah. like this it's like a hillbilly town out in the sticks and he's not even like a prestigious person there he's just a carpenter a regular dude yeah right um that's how he chose to come jesus could have come as a king Right, he could have come as a Roman centurion. He could have right. He could he could have come in many different forms, a Pharisee, whatever. But he chose to come like in a really lowly, humble way. And we need to ask questions like, why did why would he do it like that? Yeah. Right. What's he emphasizing? And I think the idea is that it's not about overwhelming us with his power, mm. overwhelming yeah. us with who he is but showing us how much he cares about us. Yeah. And that's what Jesus did so well. Yeah, it's a huge deal. It's awesome that, like, God really thought this through, basically. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> smart. I, <laughs> I think he's got a pretty decent plan up there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
cool. Well, this has been fun, Tyler. I like talking about uh, uh, this kind of stuff. It's, yeah, this has been great. It's fun. It's enriching to, to me anyways. It, it makes me uh, have more affection for who God is, right? Yeah. When we just verbalize these ideas and read scripture and think about who he is. So. Yeah, it just gives you an idea of just the fact that uh, even though we don't always physically see like today in our very presence, yeah. God's physical form, that... But that, but that, there's a reason behind that. It's it, yeah. because he already came in the flesh, and he. Well, and you, this is what's crazy about it. <clears throat> Jesus said, "Remember when he shows up to Thomas in mm-hmm. physical form after he yeah, rose from the dead? Yeah. Touch here. You want to feel the hole in my hand? Want to feel the hole <laughs> in my side? And then Thomas fall. He realizes he falls down, and he says, "My Lord and my God." And yeah. then Jesus says, blessed are you, right, for recognizing who I am, mm, but yeah. more blessed are those who believe right. and don't see. That's us. We're more blessed than Thomas because we believe without seeing him physically. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's very interesting. And so there, there's a blessing in the hiddenness of God as well. Yeah, that's really, that's really important to, to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. So... Anyway, well, thanks for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. Again, if you have coffee tips, please send them into yes, us any please. way you can. On Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, email, whatever. Um, and then also, I did want to mention again, <clears throat> the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference is coming up October 20th, and we want you to be there. Tickets are on sale right now for $15, which includes a all-day conference from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You'll hear six plenary talks. There's two different breakout session times. You get free lunch from Chick-fil-A, but that $15 price point is going to go up after September 15th. Yeah. So if you want to go, I would I would get it now while it's only 15 bucks because after September 15th, tickets are going to go up to $20 per person, which is still a steal, I think, for Chick-fil-A and an all-day yeah, conference. Yeah, pretty great, but, honestly. Yeah, but why not save the 5 bucks and get them now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but. I know I'll be there, so yeah. <laughs> I hope you can make it too, Tyler. But Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, we'll it. see. I know you have school and stuff. Yeah. But, but it, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I was also going to say just um, please also make sure you send us in questions you have uh, mm-hmm. that you want us to – uh, um, discuss in the podcast or we can uh, message you directly and get back to you, give you feedback. Uh, we love feedback and hearing out from you guys. And then uh, it just, it's really awesome. And it helps us uh, engage with you guys as the listeners more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, please, if you have any ideas whatsoever, please do not hesitate to send them to us. Yeah. We want to be a yeah. resource, right? Like that we're, we're here to help equip people uh, we don't want to just talk about things that we're necessarily interested in. We want to talk about things that are beneficial. Yeah, people, yeah. We so. want everybody to be interested in what we're talking about. So, yep. So, if you have anything that you'd like us to address, uh, please email us and let us know, and we'll get to that in future podcasts. Yeah, and also share our podcast with your friends. Yes, uh, please share it. Yeah. Tell other people about it. If you would continue to rate us on iTunes and um, um, put comments on there, that really boosts us up so that we can have more of an impact uh, on the mm. podcast community. Yeah, that'd be great. That's that would awesome. Be great. So, well, thank you so much again for being with us today, Tyler. It's always fun hanging out. Yeah, I, I like had a great you. time again. All right. Awesome. Well, we will uh, talk with you guys next week at this time. And again, um, just just to make sure you know, Thursdays at four o'clock is when we release our podcast. So that's when you can look forward to the next one coming out. Yep. All right. All have right. a great week. We will talk to you next time. Yep. See ya. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.